The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And people ask me uh, if I would occasionally uh, do a show on my own to actually bring forward my conclusions, my ideas, my thoughts on what is happening in the world and the experiences that we've had. And so today is one of those days when I'm actually going to do the show myself. And the information that I'm going to share with you, the listeners, is a compilation, a synthesis, a a distillation of all of the ideas that have come forward through research, through the guests on the radio show, through my own personal experiences, through channelings and insights, intuitive awareness that different people within our meditation circle, within our conscious community have. And I guess my job as the host of the show um, and as a former school principal is to synthesize all of this information into a package that makes sense. And so that's what I'm planning to do today is to try and give you a help and insight into what is happening in the world today Uh, how it all fits together and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And there is no doubt that there is a grand awakening taking place. So some of the things that I'm going to say are factual. Some of them are mythical. Some are ideas from elsewhere, from other realms, from, from spiritual insights and connections to channelings, to seeing things, to hearing things, to sensing things, to knowing things. So as always, in any uh, information that comes to you from the spiritual realms, it's really important to be discerning about the information and to feel in your heart what resonates with you, what, what peace can you take away from today's show that will be of significant help to you on your journey because some of it will make total resonant sense and you'll go, yes, that's it, that's, that's what I'm all about. And other pieces of the puzzle will not. Other pieces will, yes, they're interesting, yes, they're useful to someone else but not to me and that's absolutely fine because there is so much information coming in now, uh, many of which I'd love to pursue myself but We only have so much time and what we don't want to do is to get over busy mentally in particular. And just a a little forewarning, um, as we're coming to the end of Taurus, 
and moving into Gemini next week, Venus has already made that transition from Taurus to Gemini. And so some of you, particularly the sacred feminine energies, may well be experiencing this over-chitter-chatter of the mind. I know I've woken up a couple of times this week at sort of 3 o'clock in the morning and just had this buzzing activity going on in the head, and that's very much a Gemini quality. And so the positive side of that energy is the ability to use your mind, to use your intellect, to use your intelligence to your great advantage. That is Gemini energy. The shadow side of that is this buzzing bees of overactivity of a very scattered mind. And so if you're having those experiences, the thing to do is to drop that feeling from the head and into the heart and just breathe through the heart and let all of those excess thoughts just dissipate and dissolve away as you bring yourself into a place of peace. Because for the next five weeks, when we move through Gemini, this is going to become a very prevalent, very common uh, sense that we're going to have in our heads. And we want to use it to our advantage, but we don't want, this, want it to cause us sleepless nights. And over the last few months, what's been happening is the planets have been moving through the, the, the constellations, through the signs. They've been grouping together in each of the star signs as we go through. So there was a whole bunch together when we were in Aries, a whole bunch together in Taurus. And they're all moving at different rates. So they're in different relative positions, but they're still coming together in these clumps of, uh, of planets in each of the signs as we move through them. So it's giving an emphasis to the qualities of that particular sign, and that is also taking place uh, in Gemini as we move into that next week. So just be aware of this tendency that you're going to have of this very, very mental uh, aspect of your life and try to bring those energies, drop those energies into the heart because the connection between the crown on the top of the head and the heart is extremely important. And, f and I'm just now remembering that today there is a quintile aspect, which is a 72 degree aspect, which is a beneficial one between Neptune and Jupiter. And that is all about the crown and the heart being integrated into oneness. So instead of being stuck in the mental plane or in, and being stuck in the heart place without having that mental acuity, it's about marrying the two together, the sacred feminine, the sacred masculine, and bringing them into balance. So we're using our minds for the right purpose, the right action, the right thoughts, the right living in our hearts. And so that is uh, the aspect for today to focus on, which is perfect because I'm going to be talking today about how I'm seeing these energies that are with us now since December 21st, 2012, how they're coming through and, and how we can work with them. And as many of you already know, I had the incredible honor of recently going on a sacred site trip with George Cavasilis, along with a group of others, uh, to England, Scotland, and France. And if many of you will recall that uh, I specifically invited George on my show on December the 19th, 2012, because I really wanted to hear what George had to say about December 21st, 2012, 
because I'd known for several years that he actually felt that the most significant date of all was not December 21st, 2012, but um, the following equinox, the March 20th, 2013, because his belief was that the solstice energy is either an extreme end of light in the June solstice or an extreme end of dark in the December solstice and that to bring the male-female energies back into balanced alignment, that couldn't happen on those solstices. It needed to be an equinox when the light and the dark, the male and the female energies were completely balanced. So he's been saying for many years that the key date was March 20th, um, 2013. And absolutely amazingly, on the equinox of March 20th, 2013, I was standing in an isolated field with George Cavasilis, which when you, when you think about that, it's a pretty amazing uh, consequence and manifestation of spirit to put us together in uh, the southwest corner of England for this purpose. And there was a very definite purpose uh, of this journey, which I will, I will come to in a moment. The whole focus, though, for the trip that we were on and the whole focus, I believe, for this time is to bring the sacred feminine back into balance from a time of distortion, a time of separation, a time of suppression, of uh, capitulation of that sacred feminine energy, which goes back thousands of years. And in my belief, the last time that we had this balance on the planet was when Akhenaten and Nefertiti and Tutankhamun were alive on the planet and they moved the focus in Egypt to a place called Armana which was between the northern and southern capitals of Egypt where they embraced the balance of the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine through the Egyptian mystery schools through the high priests and high priestesses who came together in sacred union to create this absolutely beautiful, fertile landscape. The sacred union was not to create physical children or babies, it was to create the new energies for the land for that year. And obviously the dependence upon the Nile flooding so that they got their fertile land and they got all the food that they needed. And that was what the priests and priestesses did. They came together with that intention to create this beautiful, rich, community of abundance, including transmuting through the sacred feminine energies all of the discontent, the dysfunction, the energies within the community, not just within themselves, within the community that were not working. So they took on this incredibly beautiful and powerful gift of creating a golden era. And unfortunately, what took place was that the masculine energies became fearful of being consumed by these magnificent, powerful female energies. And so began the fall from grace through the Armen priesthood to basically squash, to take over power and control from this sacred feminine energy. And we've been under, under that uh, influence ever since. And so now I firmly believe that we cannot create a new golden era of peace until we return that sacred feminine to its full wholeness. And in doing so, the risk is that man will become fearful again 
of that powerful sacred feminine energies which we actually are seeing emerging across the planet there are all sorts of examples in all walks of life of the sacred feminine stepping back up to take its rightful place so our journey to the south of England came through George and his own intuition his own awareness that in the ancient days in the dark ages and the middle ages the suppression of this sacred feminine took place sometimes deliberately sometimes unconsciously but in England at this time we're talking about the time of King Arthur and Merlin and Guinevere and Morgana and the Knights of the Round Table that this suppression of the sacred feminine was generally taking place and it was Avalon was the place that was trying to maintain this balance and the light but as these sacred feminine energies were being literally driven out of the country so this energy if you can imagine just flowed right down to the southwest corner of England and there was nowhere left to go the next step was off the cliffs into the ocean and so a decision was made to consciously freeze those sacred feminine energies into a standing stone circle in the southwest of England in a very remote field that standing stone circle called the Merry Maidens and here we were eight of us four men four women forming an eight-pointed star making this conscious decision on the spring equinox March 20th 2013 to shift those energies those sealed energies those energies that had been stored away from for hundreds of years waiting for this moment to reawaken and so there we were standing in this field uh, three of our members had come from Australia four had come from Canada and one had come from England and here we were gathering just 15 minutes before the equinox in this isolated field of standing stones in the southwest of England and we were now poised to begin our ceremonial work to see what was to come and so after we take this break I will return and tell you what took place in this field and why I believe it had great significance for what is taking place in the world today this is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. If you were looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light. 
where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This is actually the first show in a new series of 13 shows, and I am indebted to Shari Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company for sponsoring this 13 series of shows. And Shari and I have worked together on the website MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for some time now in our Ambassadors of Light program. And she's in a very exciting spot right now because uh, Dr. Abby and Dr. Irwin, who have both been on the show, are together in Lake Tahoe for the Rankema World Summit taking place uh, between May 17th, this Friday, and May 24th. It's a very significant uh, conference, and Dr. Abby is leading that, and, and Dr. Abby is an of the ancient lineage of the Sri Lankan tradition, and he will be uh, talking and leading uh, energetic uh, healing sessions with sound, with mantras, uh, with healing water, which is what he now works with more than anything else. Dr. Irwin brings the instrumentation to measure uh, what is actually taking place in people's energy fields as they go through the transformational process. So if you are interested in being involved in that World Summit, please go to www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the information is there for you to see. So back to the Merry Maidens in the southwest of England and, and what do you actually do when you come together in sacred ceremony with intention to make a difference uh, in the world and what is taking place? Well, the first thing you need to do is to tune in and get a sense of the purpose for being there and the actual energies of place itself. So what we have to do is get out of our heads and into our hearts and just begin to sense. And the eight of us had never worked together in ceremony before and we had this beautiful confidence in each other that we were just going to do what was required without any uh, preconceived notion, without setting up a particular plan. We just went to it. And what, when you do this work, one of the things that's important to know is what is the legend behind the Standing Stone Circle? What, what is the information that has come forward from the Standing Stone Circle itself. And in this case, the Merry Maidens were 19 maidens who were dancing to the sounds of the fiddler and the piper on the Sabbath, which was a sin. And so for their sins, these Merry Maidens and the fiddler and the piper got turned into stone. 
Now, you can look at that at, at, a, at a mythical level, a legend level, and you look at it at a, at a metaphysical level, and you can say, okay, what does this really mean? What does this really mean at a deeper level? And my interpretation of the Merry Maidens is they, they correspond to the Lilith energy, the sacred feminine energy of the female aspect that cannot be pinned down, cannot be trapped cannot be made to follow the rules or forced into the rules. If you look at the sacred feminine, you, look at, you can look at two elements. You can look at the Eve element, where the Eve element represents the woman fulfilling and following all the rules laid down to her by man, Adam and Eve, and being the perfect wife, being the perfect mother, looking after the children, doing all those things that we have expected women to do. As on one side of womanhood, and on the other side of womanhood is this wild woman who is not interested in playing the game of Eve whatsoever. And she is the one that's been trapped and suppressed. And many women have within them this rage, this anger, this red rage, which is associated with being trapped in this Eve form without the Lilith being allowed to express itself. And so for me... The Merry Maidens exemplified the Lilith energy that needs to return in balance so that we can get our masculine and feminine energies back together again. And the masculine wild aspect, the Merlin, if you will, can also be given that opportunity. Now, in being wild, we obviously want it also to be safe. We don't want this rage to come out. Uh, and many people have experienced this feeling, this sense. So what we want to do is bring it back into balance so that the Eve and the Lilith can live within harmony within the same person so that we can express ourselves in the way that we wish to out in nature while still fulfilling the other roles that we have in, in this world. And that is the place that I believe that we're coming to. So for me personally, one of the things we needed to do with the Merry Maidens was to acknowledge the sacred feminine, acknowledge the Lilith, acknowledge the wild woman without any fear of her, because that's how all of this happened in the first place. So we made this decision to go around the whole circle, embracing each of the stones, representing 19 different aspects of the sacred feminine. And you could feel, as you connected to the stones, that they had different personalities. What was really interesting, on a pretty cold morning, they all had this warm feeling about them. They were ready for this uh, embrace. They were ready for this reawakening to take place. We embraced all the stones, all in our own unique way. We all went round individually and went to every stone, connected with each stone, and all had our own personal experiences. Because of my interest and awareness of ley lines, I was aware that there were uh, intersecting ley lines running right through the center of the stone circle. And one of them was the Michael Mary line that connects all the way across the country in England and probably is the most famous ley line that there is. And that was running in the sort of uh, southwest, northeast direction and interconnecting with that at right angles was another ley line running right through the center of the stone circle. And so for me, that was, that was the key spot for us to, to finish up with our, with our work. The, the, the fiddler and the piper were also turned to stone, but they are not in the stone circle. They are some distance away, uh, and they are great monoliths uh, representing that mass, strong masculine energy that were part of this process. They had taken the chance of stepping outside the expectations and played for these merry maidens 
on this Sabbath. And so they also needed to be involved and embraced in this, in this process. Very interestingly, as very soon after we began this uh, process, this ceremony, a young man showed up, nothing to do with us at all, and he walked into the field and he saw that we were engaged in some form of ceremony and he very quietly went off to one side and sat on a stone that was not in the stone circle but was clearly part of the whole bigger structure and he sat there and he actually obviously acknowledged the fact that we were involved in sacred ceremony and he sat there for the entire time which was probably getting close to an hour while we did our ceremony and right at the end we gathered in the center deliberately in an eight-pointed star, male, female, male, female, going around the circle, completely balanced. And then we did some toning. And that toning was to bring all of this energy, all of the old energies that were all finished with, all done with, to completion. And reopening, reactivating this sacred feminine energy, this Lilith energy, from this place right at the end of the Michael Mary line in England. And again, there's some significance to come to that in a moment. So we join together in this sacred toning with that intention of completing the old Dark Ages energy and returning back to this balanced, activated form of energy. And so we sanded the tones in the center of the, of the circle. And at the end... We looked over towards this young man who was outside the circle um, to honor his involvement and his connection to us inside the circle. And he gave us a big thumbs up and a big grinning smile on his face. Um, clearly, he had experienced something. So then when we did make contact with him for the first time after we'd completed the ceremony, he said during the sounding of the tones, he could hear the stones ring in other words, there was a reciprocal connection back. There was a resonance that we had struck. And many of you will have listened to the show I did with Gary Evans a few weeks ago and Gary was talking about using sound in the pyramids to get the resonant frequency that makes the pyramids themselves vibrate. And clearly, we had reached that resonance within this standing stone circle. And I asked this young man why he was there and he said basically that it was the equinox and he was being guided to go somewhere and he got the message to come to the Merry Maidens. He had a, a role to play, he had a job to do. He didn't know what it was, didn't know what his involvement was. But when he came, clearly it became evident that that was his role. It was to be the witness, to hold sacred space, to be the ninth member of our team of balance within the stone circle. So this stone circle is very close to St. Michael's Mount, which is a beautiful structure just off the coastline which anchors the energy of the Michael Mary line so we next went to St Michael's Mount because now the rest of our journey through England, Scotland and France was essentially to open up the ley line grids that run across Western Europe to this energy that was now being restored, re-energized, reactivated to, to open up the landscape to this potentiality. It felt to me as if this was like setting the foundation in the land itself for this future opportunity to move into this phenomenal conscious co-creation with spirit, with the land, and with the energies that are now prevailing on the planet. And so we now began our journey of moving across England from the southwest corner um, beginning first of all 
in Merlin's Cave in Tintagel, which for me is probably the most powerful sacred site that I've been to. Uh, Tintagel is, the, again, the legendary birthplace of King Arthur. And when you're there, there certainly was a very significant castle that existed there, really, in physical terms, when you look at the structure there. And on the beach, right below where the castle was, there is a cave which fills up with the ocean most of the time. So most of the time, you can't go in that cave. You can only go in the cave at low tide. So this cave gets flushed out every single day. All the energies get freely flowing through this cave. And when we come back after this next break, I'll just explain to you what it's like to be in Merlin's Cave. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. And just before the break, I left you hanging as we were about to take a walk into Merlin's Cave on Tintagel Beach, right underneath the castle where allegedly King Arthur was born. Whether he was or he wasn't, it is a magical place. And from my personal perspective, probably the most powerful vortex that I've been in. So when the tide is out, you can walk on the sandy beach into this massive cave and partway down, the sand turns into a rocky base. And there's obviously a point you can sense, a crossing point 
right halfway down the cave where there's a very powerful energy spot. But when I first went there, I, I looked around that spot, looking up into the corners to see if I could see a, a particular uh, energy vortex or a portal. Uh, and I sat down and, and went into a meditation and eventually realized that the portal, instead of being inside the cave, is actually the exit, which from inside the cave, going out the opposite end of where you come in, is actually up towards the sky. Now, when we look at matter, we tend to look at the structure of the matter rather than the space that the matter creates. And this is one of those examples where it's actually the space between that is actually the portal, not the solid substance itself. So when you look out of Merlin's cave, you're looking towards the sky, and the space created is like a magician with his arms out wide, with his cloak all the way down to his arms. And when you look at the sky, whatever the color of the sky is, whether it's gray or whether it's blue, whether it's raining, whatever, whatever the conditions, you look towards that sky, and from inside the cave it looks quite bright. And when you go into this sacred place, you can see around the outer edge of that exit to the cave a beautiful violet hue. And when you tune into that violet color, you're now tuning into the Merlin energy. Merlin related to Saint Germain, the violet flames. You can now see those violet flames around the exit portal going towards the sky in Merlin's cave. And then when you look back into the cave, still in that meditative place of the eyes slightly unfocused, you can now see these lines of light just dashing around the cave and going into the people who are standing there, peach, emerald green, bright blue, violet, these, these beautiful, nourishing, nurturing colors that raise our vibrational frequency, that heal us as we go about our business in that cave. It's an absolutely magnificent spot, and so we all benefited from the energies of being in, the, in Tintagel, uh, Tintagel Cave, Merlin's Cave in Tintagel. And so we also did some sound toning in that, uh, in that cave, also to ground those energies in and, and do this activation. Very, very magnificent spot. And very close by is St. Necton's Glen, which has got a beautiful fairy elemental cascading waterfall that comes through, again, a portal in the rock, a hole carved in the rock by the water. And when you go there, you're supplied with uh, Wellington or gumboots, so you can actually walk into the stream that flows from the waterfall. And photographs there are full of these magnificent light orbs, as they are in Merlin's cave. And so you're, you're getting this very strong sense that you are very, very closely connected with nature, with spirit, with all that is, which just makes it a magnificent journey. And so we collect all these energies up, and now we're heading along the Michael Mary line, the ley line that runs across the country. So I just need to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about ley lines and what they really, really are, because there's lots of misunderstanding. So the ley line is the name given to the straight track that runs through the landscape uh, in a particular direction, and that is like the, the big picture of, of the ley line. But within that ley line are what are called the dragon energy currents. And the dragon energy currents are very fluid. They're alive. They're flowing. They're conscious. And you will often imagine them as a snake-like structure passing over itself. So the Michael Mary line, 
the Michael line is the masculine energy and the Mary line is the feminine energy and they have this beautiful sine wave flow over each other so they cross a certain node points. But those energy currents also undulate up and down like a snake. So they come to the surface, then they go down deep within the earth. And they come back to the surface and they go deep within the earth. And they do little spiral coils off the main ley line and create little dragon currents within spirals. And so when you go to somewhere like Avebury, you'll see this magnificent stone circle. But there are also structures off the main ley line, which are where these little dragon energy currents flow. So you've got this beautiful dance, living dance going on. So what we were doing then was making these connections through these dragon energy currents as well as the, the ley lines. And just before we left to go on the trip, I got some information come through which was really, really significant. And that is a place called Borough Bridge Mump, which is like a smaller... Glastonbury, it's a, it's a it's a very much a similar type of mound to Glastonbury Tor, and there's a, a structure on the top which was a, an old chapel. And why this place is particularly significant is it's an intersecting point of ley lines. So the Michael Mary line goes right through the top of the mump, but also circulating around and through the mump is a dead north-south ley line. And absolutely amazingly, when you track that ley line, it goes directly from Borough Mump right up the English-Welsh border, straight through Rosalind Chapel and out to the Brodgear Stone Circle on the Orkney Islands. And all of these places in Scotland are strongly connected with the St. Clair family. The St. Clairs came from the Orkney Islands and they built Rosalind Chapel after they had journeyed off to North America in the early, well, late 1390s, 1398-39, 1398, 1399, and after they came back, they started building Roslyn Chapel. Well, we were heading to Roslyn Chapel after we'd been to Glastonbury. And so Borough Mump is this place of intersecting ley lines. Now, why this was important, if you can imagine what we've talked about, what took place at the Merry Maidens, and now what we're doing is we're working with that same energy that we activated and released and we opened up, and we're now spreading it through these ley lines from the Michael Mary line, but now sending it in different directions. And here is this beautiful north-south ley line running right through England and Wales up to Scotland. So it's like linking the borders, the energy edges, as we now open these lines up. So next we go to Glastonbury, where we go and connect with the Tor, we go and connect with the Holy Thorn Tree, we go and connect with the Chalice Well and the Sacred Healing Waters. So the other piece of the Dragon Energy Currents for us to understand is that the, the energy currents flowing through the ley lines are electromagnetic in nature. And electromagnetism flows better through water than it does through Earth. So what you tend to find is that these Dragon Energy Currents will flow to find a watercourse underground and flow through that watercourse. So not only do the dragon energy currents use the water to flow, they also infuse the water with these beautiful energies. So when that water comes to the surface, as it does in sacred healing wells, just like chalice well, then that water that emerges is full of this flowing dragon energies, the male-female balance, particularly at these node points, which indeed takes place at Glastonbury Tor. So the chalice well 
has this beautiful sacred healing water emerging from it. And that is true for the water coursing through throughout these ley line connections. And that's why it's so important for us to drink, to wash ourselves, to bathe in these sacred uh, healing waters of the, of, the, of the healing and holy wells. And it's why the holy wells have been so important. So now we head north and we go through England and Wales on an incredibly challenging journey. The, uh, the weather in, in, in the UK at this time was very, very cold and snowing and challenging. And, and in some ways it felt as if this next step on our journey was actually a test of us to see how committed we were, to see if we were actually going to follow through and, and do all the work that we'd set out to do. Well, we did, and we continued on. We went to Roslyn Chapel, which is a magnificent chapel. It's a story carved in stone, if only we could fully understand it. And what Roslyn reminds us of is this very important aspect that we've already mentioned, which is the connection to sound. And in the uh, court, the, the, when you go into the chapel and you look at the altar, in the northwest corner, there are all these angels playing musical instruments. And the point of that corner is that if you sound the tone in that corner, then you connect to the resonance of the chapel and you can receive information uh, that flows through that structure in the chapel by sounding that tone. And people have had very significant out-of-body experiences standing in that corner by sounding, sounding those tones. And then we went to uh, the next day to a, a place that I'd never been to before and I'm so glad that we did, a place called Mount Shehalion, which is in the heartland of Scotland. It's in the dead centre of Scotland, and it's this beautiful fairy tale mountain. In the summer, it has heather all over the sides. It's a it's it's a beautiful, magical place with stand freestanding stones. There's the praying hands of Mary, two stones that come together in prayer, uh, in honouring Mother Mary. Uh, the elementals are very very present there: the gnomes, the pixies, the fairies, the elves. And it was really interesting that when we arrived there, it was completely covered in snow and it didn't look as if we were going to have any opportunity of going. Um, and yet when we did, we took off and we walked on the snow and it was really interesting that two of the women in our group, you could feel them getting pulled into this sacred feminine mountain. Very, very similar vibrationally, energetically to Mount Shasta in uh, Northern California. And you could just feel this draw uh, to the mountain of the sacred feminine and so the women took off and by now the sun was shining and we got these phenomenal photographs with these light structures coming through the ethers to really embrace us and again just like in Merlin's cave demonstrate to us that we were right on track with this energy and working with this energy and the sacred feminine coming back into its own and one of the key things for us to do was to allow those women to go, just to go, to walk the side of the mountain and go as far as they needed to go and not in any way try and restrict or control or pull back because that's what we need to do at this time. We need to allow the sacred feminine to fully emerge, to be fully embraced and for us to have no fear around that. And when we do that, the intuition, the healing, the ability to bring information through from spirit is absolutely phenomenal. And so we have to have the courage from the male aspect of the energies to allow that to unfold, to set those women free, to set the Lilith energies free so she can return in full power. 
and in doing so we will create just this magnificent healing place on this uh, on this sacred planet and so the next step in our journey is to is to fly from edinburgh down to the south of france and think well, okay what's the connection between england scotland and france and after this next break i'll return and, and fill you in and let you know The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. And I'm just giving you a, a, ra- a very quick roundup of our recent trip with George Cabasilis to England, Scotland, and France. And we were so inspired by our time in England and Scotland that we have decided to open up the opportunity for anyone uh, to come with us in September to experience some of those most magnificent sites that we have now worked with consciously to activate and reopen places like Stonehenge, Avebury, Old Sarum, Tintagel, the Merry Maidens, St. Michael's Mount, Glastonbury, and then up to Scotland where we're looking to do some phenomenal work. You, you all know of William Wallace and Rob Roy and Robert the Bruce, the Knights Templar, very, very present in Scotland, to do further work with all of these grids and energy lines and standing stone circles. And so you're very, very welcome to take a look at what we're going to be doing, where we're going to be going, and come and join us. We've deliberately set this up to finish on Michaelmas Day, which is the day in which we embrace the energies of Archangel Michael. And, and for me personally, it's always been a very significant day, September the 29th. And so the tour is going to take place from the 16th of September to the 29th of September, finishing on the 30th 
to include Michaelmas Day, and it's all to do with the, the balance between Michael and the dragon. When Michael slays the dragon, there's a complete misunderstanding of what that really means. What it does mean is the dragon energy is the energy of the land, the Michael energy of the en- is the energy of spirit, and so by slaying the dragon, what we're really doing is opening the dragon up, opening up those ley lines, slitting them open, so that we can consciously co-create with Mother Earth as well as with Father Sky. And so that's what we're going to be focusing in on, on that journey. And so if you're interested in looking at what we're going to be doing and are interested in going, just go to my website, petertongue.com, and you'll see right on the host page, you'll see a, a lovely dragon. Just click on the dragon and you can gather all the information for that trip. There's still space available to come with us in September, September the 16th. Um, we'd love to have you along. It's going to be a very, very powerful and very life-transforming experience for everybody. So back to, uh, back to our trip. So now we're heading to the south of France. And the reason the interconnectedness of this is the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages were a time of persecution of the sacred feminine. In England, in the Dark Ages, uh, the Stuarts of Scotland became very, very significant uh, as members of the traditional uh, elite bloodline in Scotland and that's why Scotland became so significant and so those energies working with and then going down to the south of France was to do with the Cathars the Cathars, the beautiful pure ones who lived in the south of France in the Languedoc area uh, who did nothing else but connect with spirit, with God and fully understood that connection, the resurrection the ascension and going home to heaven full and complete and very sadly the Albigensian crusade led by the French king and the Catholic Pope through Simon de Montfort the head of the crusade uh, basically destroyed the Cathars or tried to destroy the Cathars who were really the leftover civilization from when Mary Magdalene moved to the south of France after the crucifixion whatever that was and so there was this beautiful balanced male female energy healings uh, transformation, transmutation, ascension, resurrection, all these things were taking place amongst the Cathars and it was attempted to be destroyed but it never was, it always remained alive below the surface. Um, many of the crusaders actually at, at the last minute changed sides as the Cathars walked into the fire in 1244 to apparently herald the end of the crusade and the end of the Cathars. But the energy, as always, as it has been for thousands of years, kept alive just below the surface, so it was safe and hidden, but was still there. And now we're reaching that point of of re-establishing the truth, re-establishing that male-female balance. And so our role in the south of France was to work with the energy of the Cathars. Carcassonne is a beautiful fairy tale city still functioning today with these beautiful uh, uh, peaks of, of, of the buildings. It's like a fairy tale castle uh, along the ramparts. And when you look at it, it's just absolutely magnificent. But when you go inside, there's this uneasy edge because that's where many of the Cathars were captured and tortured and, and killed. And so there's this energy there that needs to be cleared, and, and we did certainly did work with that. There's a massive well uh, in Carcassonne that we worked with. And then we went to Montségur, which was the site, the final site of the stand of the Cathars when they walked into the fire uh, to be finally destroyed. 
And when you go to the top of Montségur, the castle at the top, you sort of expect to have a bit of a, a negative or resentful or angry sense to it. And it's not like that at all. It's a beautiful, pure, joyous, loving, warm energy that circulates around the top. And so you know from just being there that the Cathars themselves were fully connected. That they were completely connected to spirit. And when they came down the mountain and walked into the fire, their spiritual bodies had already left. Their physical body was no longer of any significance. They walked into the fire, but they'd already gone. They'd already ascended into heaven. And so we had our peace to do there and, and had a wonderful time in an arduous climb, very muddy. It was still very wet and cold going up the uh, quite steep walk to uh, to the top of Montségur. But again, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey. It's not supposed to be cushy and easy. You take on the elements. You go in love and light and you do this, this work. And then, of course, there's Rennes-le-Chateau, which has got this very strange and unusual vibe about it where you know that Saunier, the priest, found out something of great significance but couldn't just reveal it uh, so openly. So he, he, he cast it into stone in this amazing little chapel where you could spend the rest of your life and still not actually work it all out. And Henry Lincoln, who wrote the book or was the co-author of The Holy Brother, The Holy Grail, was actually there and he is an expert on the on the chapel in Rennes-le-Chateau, and it was interesting meeting him, very cynical Englishman, who's basically saying, you're looking, but you're not seeing, and inviting you to go in and really, really look closely in Rennes-le-Chateau and to, to really work out what is taking place there. But again, very powerful connection to Mary Magdalene in the south of France and the sacred feminine energies. So when I looked at the overall picture of this journey, I saw this triangle that linked the Brodgers Stone Circle on the Orkney Islands with Rennes-le-Chateau in the south of France with St. Michael's Mount in England and you've got this massive isosceles triangle with the same angle at the base of 29 degrees which is called the Angle of Bethlehem because it's the angle created between the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem and the Giza Pyramids in Egypt. And so what we're actually doing here as I come to uh, conclude the show is using these energies and these ley lines to open up this massive network across the globe so that it will be impossible, impossible in the future to block these energy grids from revealing itself fully and totally as the balance between the masculine and feminine energies. We return to Canada, George and his party return to Australia, one of us stayed in England to anchor those energies in right at the base of that center base of that triangle uh, in Sussex. And so we, we, we put all of this together and created this phenomenal extension of consciousness through the landscape. And the beautiful thing is you now can work with that landscape wherever you live. Simply by putting conscious intent, you can draw those dragon energy currents, those ley lines through your own sacred sites. And your own sacred site can be in your own backyard. Whatever you choose to create in your own area, you can create this phenomenal energetic presence connecting in globally. It is game over. We are on this path to a golden era of peace. And the more that you can connect with nature, the more you can connect with your landscape, with the songbirds, with the animals, with the sea creatures, with the trees, the more you can connect in consciously, the easier this job is going to get.
And I read a, a piece from a Luna Joy recently where she said all the light workers across the planet have been engaged in all this tough, hard work and grinding it out. And now there was a call for light workers to simply embody bliss as much of the time as possible. And I'm definitely volunteering for that job, and I hope most of you will too. We're almost at the end of the show, and so I'm going to finish off just by letting you know I'm going to be on the virtual light broadcast with Steve Brother down in Las Vegas on May 25th. You can find that www.lightworker.com, where I'll be talking for about half an hour on all of the stuff that we are doing. And my guest next week is Richard Flyer, who will be talking about connecting the good, practical ways to bring your community together in conscious intention. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It feels like it's been a bit of a rush, but as you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this stuff, and it is really what I'm focusing on in my life these days. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.